Tonight, we're going to look at ugly Christmas. Now, let me ask the question. How many of you have ever seen on the internet or anywhere, like, you know, there's this big craze now where everyone has ugly sweaters and, you know, Christmas sweaters, you've seen that? You know, ugly sweaters and... What are some ugly things about Christmas that you know of? The bridge? Oh, the Grinch, okay. The Grinch, okay. What's that? The fact that the pagan celebration? All right. Fruitcake? Yeah, ugly fruitcake, right? What do you say, Jerron? Huh? Pardon? Uh, all right. Let me ask a question. How many of you ever opened up a gift on Christmas Day and you thought to yourself, boy, you, you had to put a smile on your face to act like you really liked it, but you really didn't have no, you really didn't like it? You had socks. What about, listen, what about you? What about you shopping at Christmas time? Listen, what about you shopping at Christmas time and you come across ugly shoppers? People who just look up for themselves and they just come and they just barreling their way through and they're trying to get what they want. They're not worrying about anyone else. Huh? Anyone have been there? What about an ugly Christmas tree? How many of you have ever seen an ugly Christmas tree? All right. You see, listen. Sometimes Christmas can get ugly. All right? It can get ugly. When you sit and think of Christmas sometimes and family comes together, sometimes it gets really ugly. Where family fight, when families say things, especially around a dinner table or whatever, but things happen and you realize that, you know what? Why this happened? Christmas gets ugly. Also, Christmas is sometimes, a, you know, sometimes it's very hard for people. Because when Christmas comes, we kind of reflect on maybe we've lost a loved one during that year. And the families come together and you realize that, you know what, so-and-so used to be there and now they're not. So Christmas is, can be a very ugly time. Which brings us to the Christmas story. And yes, Christmas is not December 25th. It's just a day that we celebrate the birth of Christ. But when we think of the birth of Christ, we need to recognize that, you know what? It wasn't the most beautiful thing that we could ever imagine. It's not a storybook type of story. It's not what we would say, that's where the king should be born, or the king of the world will be, you know, the way it comes. So tonight what I want to do is we're going to read a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to ask different people if you would volunteer to read them, all right? We want to look at some parts of the Christmas story and the ugly parts to recognize exactly, even though it was ugly, it was for our good. You see, sometimes in life we don't like to go through hard times. We don't like to go through struggles. We don't like to go through, you know, through all these different things. But when we think of what Jesus and Mary and Joseph and all these people went through. 
it should make us think and reflect on exactly what Christ did for us. So the first verse we're going to look at is Matthew 1, 18 and 19. I want somebody to read that for us. It'll be on the screen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be the child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being, just a, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So first ugly thing we look at, Mary was viewed as a prostitute. She is viewed as a person who it went out because at that time, Joseph and Mary were betrothed, which meant what? They were basically, they were engaged, all right? They were courting, we would use today, but they were looking to get married. They were already there. So as we think of this, we say she was engaged, not married, but became pregnant before getting married. So many times people just thought she was sleeping around and Joseph almost called off the whole wedding. I want you to imagine for a second in today's society. Imagine that Mary is in today's world. What would people say about Mary? What would would people think about Mary? Huh? She's what? She's average? All right, I, uh, I never, I, she's what? Sweet on, right? All right, so we look at this, we look at this story and we think to ourselves, man, boy, could you imagine, you know, your girlfriend comes to you or fiance, you know, in this case, Joseph, and she says, I'm pregnant. And you know, you know, you know, y'all two weren't together. Y'all ain't done nothing together. But she comes to you. Listen. But she comes to you and says, you know what? I'm pregnant. And guess what? It was the Holy Spirit. You see, listen, listen. You know, this would be like, you know, this, this is something that we wouldn't even imagine. Like, you, you can't be serious. I mean, you've got to come up with a better story than that, Mary, all right? Don't, don't come to me with the Holy Spirit did this. The reality is Mary was viewed, you know, uh, like you said. And in those days, you know what could happen to you? You could be stoned to death. All right? That's why it says that Joseph, if you read some other part, Joseph tried... He thought about doing it quietly. He thought about, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do it quietly because I don't want to cause shame to Mary. But the reality is, this is how ugly Christmas was. It's not the most beautiful story. It's not what we would think to ourselves and say, yes, this would be how Jesus Christ would come into this earth. It's the complete opposite. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, 1 to, 1 to 7. In those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Will was governor of Israel, and all went to be registered in his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. Oh, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was the child. And while they were there, the time he and Mary gave birth. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn son. I wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place to put him. Here again, we have a different part. Here's a traveling pregnant woman. All right. They had to travel. It wasn't like, okay, we could just have the baby right here. You know, we could have it wherever we are. No. They had to travel pregnant. You know, they had to walk miles. It said, it said to be almost 300 miles that they had to travel by foot. You know, we all have this picture in our minds that we see in a picture or like a, a thing that we see in a nativity, and we see this very, very pretty picture. But we have to understand something that on this walk, many things could have happened to them. They could have got hurt. We don't know there's a donkey, all right? We don't know that for a fact, all right? They could have just been walking, and, you know, we don't know that. There's a lot of things that we think, and we put in these things, and we think to ourselves, you know, I hope that it was, because, boy, if she was walking, you know, that would have been a serious thing. So we see another part of the ugly Christmas, Another part is this. There was no room. So here it is, not just after they had to travel to go where they had to go. We will look at it later that Herod says, you know what? I'm going to kill every baby, under the, every boy under the age of two. So what did they have to do? They had to go again. They had to flee. You see, the Christmas story isn't as pretty as sometimes we make it seem. It's not the gifts that we look at and think, oh, yes, it's so beautiful. You know, I, I love when, you know, when you look at these nativities and these different decorations, and they have like Jesus, I mean, well, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and everyone's smiling, and, you know, it's almost as if, oh, this was just a pretty thing that they just stood still, and they just thought, oh, yes, this is so lovely. It wasn't that way. It wasn't that pretty. You know, we sometimes complain about you know, going to PMH. And I, you know, I'm one of them who I would tell you I don't want to go there. But the reality is, is that probably PMH was be a way better place to go than in a stable. Which brings us to the next part of this ugly story. Somebody could read that for us. Again, we're going to look at, there was no Luke 2, 6 to 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to go Come on. The Savior of the world is going to be born, Jesus. You don't think God could have made a way for him to be born in the best place, the hospital that they, they had available? But no. There was no place for him. There was no room for him. And this just shows us how humble Jesus was. That when we think of it, you know, he came from heaven to this earth to be born in a stable, a feeding trough. You know, I don't know about you, and I don't know how many of you have little brothers or sisters, or you've seen when a baby's first born, or whatever, and you see how parents, some parents are very particular, where, you know, oh, that, that baby can get dirty, and I mean, not... You know, like, you know, it's very particular. And I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you to go to a newborn baby with your hands all dirty. You're not supposed to do that. But the reality is, is that Jesus was not born in the most sanitized place. You know, he wasn't born in where someone said, you know what? Y'all could have this room here. 
this nice bedroom and you could do, you know, do what you have to do. No. It was in a stable. A dirty stable. And I can imagine, I don't know how many of you have ever been around a farm, but I'm sure if you've ever been around a farm, it stinks. All right? It stinks. It stinks. All right? I remember, you know, as a, as a boy, we used to play baseball, and this was before, some of you know about Freedom Farm, but this was before Freedom Farm was actually where it was. Freedom Farm got their name because Freedom Farm, it was actually, the field was on a farm. In fact, you would have cows in the outfield, and you would smell the, everything that the cow did <laughs> as you're playing baseball. So it, listen, listen. On this, listen, on this field, on this field, if you played right field, I'm guaranteeing you that you will hear the cow mooing behind you because, you know, and it, it could scare you because if you're going deep for a ball and all of a sudden you get moo, you know, you, you're going to probably, you know, be very scared. But the reality is, is that Christmas is not as pretty as we make it seem. You know, let's be real. We take our time with our Christmas decorations. We take time in planning out these different events. We take time in planning out, you know, all these different days, what gifts we're going to buy, and all these things happen, right? You know, we plan it out, right? We want, that, we want Christmas to be perfect day, right? We want it to be a perfect day. We want to get everything that we want, all right? If I put that on my list, I want that. And if I don't get that, I'm mad. All right? All right? I mean, you know, hopefully y'all hopefully ain't still at the point where y'all making lists like that, right? But I mean, but still. The re Listen. The reality is... Is that as pretty as we, you know, like I said, as we make it look, I want you to think about Christmas today and how sometimes we have taken the focus off of what Christmas is all about, where we do get ugly, where traffic is backed right up. Some of us lose our cool, and some of us, you know, toot our horns off at people because we're so frustrated, and people just aren't patient, and people get out of hand, and people just... You want to just wish that you could just be nice to them. No, you want to slap them, all right? You know? You know, we have complicated Christmas so much that just as in the story of Christmas, we don't even have room for Jesus Christ in Christmas. We've taken him out. we made it about us. we made it about the gifts that we have. Or that we get, not about what the gift is. You see, even during this time, as we look at one other piece, the last piece we're going to look at tonight, Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Matthew 2, 16. And then Herod, when he saw that he was in church by the wise men, became furious. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the regions who were years 
So we see Herod is furious. He wants every child to be killed under two eight boy, two years and under. You know, can you imagine? But you know what's you know what's amazing about this passage of scripture? Is that the wise men encountered the Savior. And the wise men had, that's where their purpose was to go and find out whether Jesus was and give a report to Herod. But when they encountered Jesus Christ, things change. Their priority change. Their focus change. And they realized that this wasn't just an ordinary baby. This was the Savior of the world. So I ask you tonight, is your Christmas ugly? Do you make Christmas all about you? Do you make Christmas into a, a show that, you know what, if I don't get what I want, you know, Christmas might not even happen? You see, we have to understand that we're here to celebrate the birth of Christ. He came to desert and he came to die. He came to bring us the gift of salvation. That was his purpose. He left the glories of heaven. He left the perfect life to come to this earth as a baby, as a human being. You know, he came to this earth where he could get tired. He was a baby, so he probably cried. We know he cries as an adult. That's what he left for us because he loved us. He loved you. He loved me. Never forget that no matter what you think or even what others may tell you, you are madly and desperately loved by God. Let me read that again. Listen to this. Never forget that no matter what you think or even what others may tell you, you are madly and desperately loved by God. His son Jesus was born to die for you, and there is no greater gift than the gift of salvation. Nothing. There's nothing that can even compare to what Jesus did for you. Yes, we all want the new electronic this Christmas season. But you know what? What if everything was taken away from you? And all you had was Jesus? Would you be satisfied? Would you say to you, you say, you know what? I don't need nothing else but Jesus Christ. The reality is that's all we do need. You know, if you're, if you're honest with yourself, like I am, I have to be honest with myself. I get very distracted with things. Phones, computers, TV. You know, I'm a person, I'm going to tell you, if, if my wife could tell you, if I start to watch a series on Netflix, I won't watch everything that night. I won't watch the whole season. I won't watch everything. I want that. Netflix is set up for you just to be, you know, a, you don't even got to push the button no more, all right? And now, and now, they made it to the point where now you can download it offline to watch. Yeah. Because, you know why? 
Because you know why? Satan has us by all these things. And he knows what's going to distract us. He knows what's going to just take the focus off of Christ. But I challenge you. Don't forget. Don't forget that Jesus is the gift of Christmas. He's the gift. He came to bring salvation. Something that we couldn't pay for. You couldn't pay for that. So God sent his son. So I challenge you tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never experienced Christmas, you know, talk to one of the leaders so that we could tell you more about this relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray that you just continue to be honored in all that we do. Father, I pray that you would just help us as we just continue in our small groups at this time. Father, that you would just um, be on in our discussions. And Father, that we would just be challenged by your word. And Father, that you'd help us this Christmas to realize exactly um, that so much we need you. And to realize that, Father, that you're the reason that you send your son to die and so that we could have salvation. This is why we celebrate Christmas. I just pray that you just continue to be on in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.